From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. All right, so we're, uh, we're in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, January 9th, 2015. We're at the home of Ken Schlutz. Thanks, Ken. Hey, welcome. This is, uh, this is, uh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while, ever since I, you know, we met last year. Um, and then when I heard your books were re- coming out, I was like, that's, it was amazing. I was like, I got to talk to this guy. Because I'd really, you know, I was kind of ignorant. I didn't, you know, hadn't known about the book. Then you once didn't know I, about the book. I didn't know about the book. And then it came, then when it came and I started seeing it, I was like, this is my stuff, man. This is the stuff I'm into. So I was really excited. And then, I, you know, I know I've read some stuff that you've done online. And I just always, you know, this guy's a big brain, you know, <laughs> in the photo world. Um, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, well, we're going to talk, I want to talk, we're talking about Invisible City and Nightwalk, two books that are coming out with Steidl, through Steidl. Yeah, Steidl that's, books. That's, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, I hope it is. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, if people like the books, then it's a big deal. Yeah. If people don't like the books, then it's, then it's not worth shit, right? Right, right. <laughs> but the first time it came out, you made a big splash. I mean, it's, it's one of those books that's, kind yeah. of a legendary book that people, you know, they'll talk about and it's, it's, so it wasn't like the first time nobody paid attention to it. You, you no, kind of... no, no. It, it, I mean, it came out in 1980, Invisible City came out in 1988. Um, Jack Woody picked it up um, and he had just started, within a few years, um, his press, uh, 12 Trees Press. Right. And it was interesting because, um, I don't know, when I was looking to get the book first published, it, it was in this time where there really weren't book publishers around. It was in between. Um, you know, a few years earlier, there was, you know, uh, you know, Lustrum Press had been doing some really great books, you know, Tulsa and Danny Seymour's uh, A Loud Song, and there was some really, you know, but then that had disappeared, um, and there was kind of this, this hole, so there were no real great, you know, Photo book publishers. There was Aperture. There was, there was a few of them, but there there weren't many. And Jack picked it up. Um, There's kind of a funny little funny story about that. But, but I was really happy because I loved the books that he was doing, and he was, the printing was, you know, this beautiful photo. Yeah, he had a really great quote. I from like last year. He's saying something is like, you know, I'd never, he because he's actually a photographer. He makes his own pictures too. But they asked like, you know publisher and being a photographer or a publisher he's like you, you got to choose one because if you're a publisher and a photographer you're going to have this desire to publish your own work yeah. i thought it was just very salient that you know and i didn't want to do that so he went into and in publishing i remember a lot of people got a kick out of that uh, a quote but invisible city so this is basically we're in you you're shooting this in the lower east side and east village and it's late 80s early 90s right Late 80s. Late 80s. Mid, mid 80s. Mid 80s. And when yeah. did you first arrive in New York? Um, well, I was born in, in New York. I was oh. born in Brooklyn. I moved to the East Village in 78. Oh, okay. So you're a native. You're a native. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, back then, if you were born in Brooklyn, you were not a you're native. Not a- <laughs> you were not a People would always give you, you know, yeah. a lot of shit for that. Yeah. Um, Oh, you're you're from Brooklyn. You're not from New York. Um, <laughs> and you know, now it's the other way around, right? Yeah. 
But it's funny that oh, you're I, from Manhattan. You're not from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> funny that I assume that you're not from New York, though. You know, it's like who is actually you know? Well, there's very few of us, yeah, really. Yeah. You know? But um, you, so so you. So the, my father was born in Brooklyn. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. How, so how many generations? Um, his father emigrated to the United States, so he would be the first generation. Oh. My father, so I'm second generation. Oh wow! And then my kids are third generation. Wow, wow. So they, are they plan on staying in New York too? Or are they going to? I don't know, it's up to them. Up to them. Yeah. Em immigrated from where? Um, uh, from uh, Latvia. Oh. My grandfather, the story that I heard was the white Russian army would come in and they would uh, basically steal all the men from, you know, from the town that he was from. And he, he ditched, he, he, he escaped, so he wasn't wasn't uh, yeah. forced into the army, and uh, he came to the United States. Wow. So you were just saying but he But he died, you know, he was, he was a taxi driver in New York City in 1933. Oh. Um, and he, he died of a ruptured appendix. So that was, I never met him. It was, he died many years before I was born. Wow. So you, you were just saying before that you went to Cooper Union, mm -hmm. and that you studied art and photography? Yeah, I initially went to Cooper as a painter. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be a painter. Um, and while I was there, I also studied design because I figured I had to do something uh -huh. to make some money. And um, during the second year foundation, part of the foundation courses that you take, I'd take photog had to take photography. And um, I'd never, I'd never really taken a photograph before. And I was seeing this girl at the time, and she, <laughs> she gave me her her camera. It was a Minolta, an old Minolta, wow. and um, and it, it, it kind of blew my mind, and, and I decided to do it. Yeah, it's been so, love ever since. <laughs> love hate. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So when did, did you start shooting? I mean, obviously, you get, so you get the camera. Did you start doing, I mean, hit the streets right away? Was that kind of like your thing? And your, 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 your friends, the people around you, was that just like, like so many people, it's kind of like the first impulse, you know? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was pretty, I studied with, um, William Gedney was, was probably one of my best teachers oh. early on. Um, and, you know, so he comes from this tradition of, Shooting your own life and oh. and and doing that kind of uh, making that kind of document. Um, uh, Larry Fink was there. Um, he hooked me up with Lizette Modell, who was oh, wow. teaching at the New School. Wow! So I got her right right at the end before wow. she uh, yeah. passed her her due date. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty neat. Um, and she she was really awesome, um, crazy, awesome, difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, but then I also started working with, with um, well, my senior year, I spent all my, my, I took out a student loan so I could pay my rent on my, help pay for supplies and pay my rent. And um, I blew all my money on a, a, a Nikon, had just come out with the F3s. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I blew all my money on that. <laughs> and I had, before school was over, I had to make some money. And I'd been printing a lot. I was like obsessive printer. And um, a friend of mine was working for Gilles Perez, okay. who was, you know, basically two blocks from Cooper Union. He was, yeah, yeah. He was down the Bowery. And um, he set me up because Gilles was such a good negotiator <laughs> for the price on the prints that my friend couldn't make any money. 
and he knew I needed to make some money and he needed to get out of that situation. <laughs> so he kind of hooked me up and, uh, but it was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. It was right around the time that Gilles had published uh, Telex Iran. Okay, cool. So cool. it was, I don't know, it was really exciting. I, I didn't print, I printed some of that work just, but not, you know, not for the book. Um, but he had started going through his Northern Island work. Oh, okay. And at that point he had 20 years of work in Northern Island that I started oh, wow. working on. And um, I don't know, I, I felt like I really learned a lot from him about the possibilities of what books can do. Because Telex Iran, for me, was, was, was a, a, seminal, a seminal book for me. It was really important. The, the, the way that he used text and image and um, I, don't know, I felt like he was really, he really extended the possibilities of, of documentary photography. Right. And I got really excited by that. Right. So right away it was book, books. You're like, this is, this is how, you know, it, this is how I yeah. need to show. Well, I, I totally left out because I used to work oh. at the Strand Bookstore too. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, from the time that I moved to the city, I had a roommate. My first roommate worked at the Strand who was oh. a cultural anthropologist. And, um, and he hooked me up there and I would work there summers and, and also during the year. Um, so I, yeah, so I, books, books were always right. my thing and, and uh, photography and books, I saw my, my first photography books at the right. Strand Bookstore right. and I worked there so I can get a discount. <laughs> right. It was really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you're living in the Lower East Side, right? Yeah. East Village, so you're, and this is a much different Lower East Side in East Village than what we see today. Yeah. Almost drastically different. It's a, it's a, New York in the 80s is, you know, it's, it's somewhat Yeah, or in the 70s when so, I first moved there. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, it was, I mean, they filmed a taxi driver right around the corner mm -hmm. from where I live. In fact, the building behind me was, you know, that last scene where it goes in and blows everyone's yeah, brains yeah. out, um, was shot like right around the block from me. My street, the street that I lived in, that was known for, for all the prostitutes. There was a empty lot where they used to give blowjobs to the Johns. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there was a warehouse on the corner. So at 7 a.m. every day, the trucks uh -huh. would pull in. I mean, this is, you know, and now it's all townhouses. Now it's all townhouses, <laughs> right, right. So, but um, were you drawn to that? Was that kind of like the world you wanted to live in? Or was this more necessity? It was necessity. Uh -huh. I was never, you know, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't known. I mean, uh -huh. You know, CBGB's, you know, what was its heyday was like, you know, it's like started in the, the mid 70s. Mm -hmm. I mean, I moved in 78. It was, it would not, it not really burst out of its, you know, right. its, its little bubble. Um, and it was a necessity. I just, I moved here, I lived where I lived because it was, you know, Cooper Union was, was right there. It was where I could afford. Um, after I graduated, um, I was hoping to stay in that apartment on 12th Street, and uh, my roommate got involved in in some in heroin. I was away doing a project in uh, in London on um, on squatters in Brixton, uh -huh. and while I was away, he, you know, I mean, we all kind of did stuff, but, right, right. but he really got pretty heavy into heroin. And um, when I got back the landlord was coming to, you know, cause I had, the lease was under my name uh -huh. and the landlord was coming after me. Like oh, man. we haven't been paid for six months and you know, um, and I couldn't afford, you know, I couldn't afford that chunk of change. Yeah. So I, I ended up losing my place and uh, kind of flopping around a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I had some friends who lived on Avenue B in this really fucked up building on uh -huh. Avenue B. Um, 
and there was an opening, and uh, I ended up on Avenue B between 13th and 14th, and um, it was it was it was wild back. It was just wild because the the heroin dealers controlled that part of the city uh-huh. at that point. The police wouldn't even go into that neighborhood. Uh-huh. You know, you'd see like the heroin dealers walking down the street with with shotguns protecting their turf, <laughs> and you know they'd lower. You know these guys. They have whole buildings they controlled. Yeah. It was most. It was like Dresden. It was mostly, mostly. I don't know. A good half of it was abandoned, uh-huh. and and uh, it it was fucking. It was a fucking zoo. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was I mean, crazy. I mean, yeah, I can't even comprehend. It, but I mean, did you have? I mean, your safety had to have been kind of on the forefront of your mind. I mean, how do? Like now, people think of somebody, some you take a picture of a tourist or somebody, and they get mad at you for taking a picture in public. I can't. How do you go out in that environment and are taking pictures? You know, because you yeah, it was, like it these was are people who don't probably don't want to. No, they they, they didn't. Know. Yeah, they didn't want. They want. Yeah. They didn't want you taking pictures. Um, I photographed mostly in places I knew, uh-huh. among people I knew, friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's part of the intimacy of the, the books right. is that I'm in a place that is, you know, I'm not, I'm no stranger. I'm no foreigner. Right, right. I'm perfectly accepted. Right. And, um, but there is also this kind of inside-outside dichotomy to it, too. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes it could just be this insular, like almost like, you know, Nan Golden, where it's just people right around but you're also out in the world though too you know like yeah. so i like well i was trying to understand the context like you yeah. know, here i was you know i, I was like, oh i'm gonna be an artist i you know <laughs> i go to art school I, I graduate and i'm like fucking broke and i mean i was always like you know um i always did well in school i was the smart <laughs> student <laughs> you know i had to become a fucking artist <laughs> um and i was kind of like how, how did I get here? Uh-huh. What what happened? You know, I'm living in probably you know one of the most dangerous places in America. Uh-huh. I've got no real form of <laughs> I don't know. You know, I won't say real form of. I was working. I had lots of different jobs back right, then. Right. Um, Hustling. Yeah, you know, I, I I was working as a busboy in a restaurant. I, I had a job, you know, as an art mover, which was that was a really great job because <laughs> you'd go around driving in a truck with other artists, artists yeah. <laughs> quote unquote artists, yeah. and you talk about art all day. Uh-huh. And you'd go to great artist studios. Uh-huh. Um, I met some amazing artists, um, and you'd hang out with them. You know, you move their stuff. And a, a few years later, I also had I also worked photographing art mm-hmm. and I'd go into artist studios and I'd see how they worked and um, I mean, it was it was there's a, there was a lot there was a lot a lot going into what was going on um, so I I you know after I'd come back from from London working on this project I knew some people through Gilles who were involved with Magnum um, so I was working f- as a printer for some of the Magnum photographers mm-hmm. Elliot Erwitt, um you know, some, some of the others that are now dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started showing the work. There was a loft on Broadway um, called Tempest Gallery. Um, that was just you know a friend of mine, uh, Temple, who who uh, Temple Smith, who worked at at Magnum, just started this thing in there. 
but then also I, you know, other friends of mine started opening up little venues in the East Village. There was down on Avenue B around 10th Street, um, there was a storefront that started selling furniture and they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna start selling art. We're gonna make turns, you know. Then, you know, the, the guys who ran the furniture store, one of them opened a, a gallery, the other one started Save the Robots. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, people just started opening places, you know, uh, Gracie Mansion opened. Um, I was showing at this place called Great House Gallery, it's a photography gallery, Tim Great House. Um, and, you know, you were just kind of inventing it. You, you know, there was right, no, right. like, oh, this is where you go to do this. Yeah. There was no, it's like, you were just making it up. And, you know, some people started, hey, I'll open a gallery. And like, hey, I'll show some work. Hey, I'll do some performance. Um, and I fell in with, with a bunch of performance artists. Um, Friend of mine was a painter who was doing performance art, uh, James Sienna. He shows up at, at, at Pace now. Um, but back then, he was like, hey, Ken, can you photograph my paintings? Oh. And I was like, yeah. And he was working um, for Bark Frameworks. And, oh. and I was like, hey, I need some, some frames done because I'm, I'm going to be in the show at, at, at uh, I don't know, it was like Civilian Warfare or New Math or something. Oh. And, we, you know, you just like kind of like barter and, yeah, and it's yeah, kind of like... Yeah. Do it, and I was photographing. He he was involved with this group called Watchface, and um, I was just you know trying to make sense of where I was and the place that I found myself in, you know, and started. I was taking pictures of. So that. what about shooting black and white? I mean, was it always that's just kind a of long your... time to answer that question? Yeah, was it just kind that's, of that's how I started. <laughs> <laughs> was it just kind of always default that you were shooting black and white? Is like this is what you learn, and like through that process, or was it you felt like that was your voice, you know what I'm saying? That was... Yeah, I mean, when I was in, in school, I was actually doing both. Uh -huh. um, I was, you know, the, the new color had come out and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the book, the new color book. Uh -huh. um, and um, I was taking color photography. I liked the process of printing black and white. Um, the, I was good at color. Um, I didn't like the materials that much. Sea uh, prints always felt like plastic to me. Mm -hmm. um, I liked transparencies, but there was no way to show them. And I think at one point it just became, you know, I, I could have gone either way. I mean, now I do do both. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But back then I kind of had to make a decision and I decided to, you know, especially starting with Lizette Modell and, 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 you know, William Gedney and, and Larry Fink. I, you know, I think that's, I, I, I went and, and bit on the black and white. Mm -hmm. So are you, you're, are you really the type of guy that's always had your, the camera with you? It's like always running yeah, back then, with you yeah. and just taking pictures kind of intuitively wherever you are and then, you know. So at what point did you realize you have this, this mess of photos, this body of photos that like you're really onto something? Um, well, it was just, it was filling up my apartment. I was, um, you know, that, that's a really great sign, I think. You know? it, it was, you know, the walls were just covered. Yeah. I would make five by seven proof prints, uh -huh. hundreds, hundreds, thousands. And they were just starting to fill up all the walls and, you know, every yeah. bit of molding. And um, it was, it was almost like, okay, this is like an insane person's. <laughs> the kitchen had been totally 
turned over to, you know, I, I run strings across the, the kitchen to dry the film and dry prints. And um, every wall was covered with, with prints. And, and then also things started changing. And um, I felt like the, the neighborhood was, was starting. Well, I mean, there was, a lot, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I left out the whole part about my landlord abandoning the building right. and having the drug wars. And I left all that part out. But I started, I, I felt like, you know, there, there was forces of gentrification. Mm -hmm. the, the underground scene started becoming like cool and hip. And there were a lot of people coming in, the bridge and tunnel crowd. Um, there was there was a lot of it felt like there was another transition right, going right. and and I felt like I needed to I was showing in the galleries in the neighborhood and I wasn't you know you'd, you'd hang you'd have a show it'd come down and I wasn't satisfied with that experience mm -hmm. and I started because of my connections with, with you know through the strand through right, Gilles, right. through you know just loving photo books I started thinking I need to. I, I need to make this into a book. Yeah, I love that. I love that you live with the photographs. I mean, and, and how that's kind of they just become a part of your life. And I, obviously, these days in digital and on the internet, sometimes I think people lose that. But I, I mean, I didn't start doing that myself until a couple of years ago, and it changed everything. Just being able to see the photos on your wall every single day and kind of synthesizing that information. Yeah. And also. I think it's kind of interesting that this was kind of your form of addiction too, you know, the addiction to photography, which kind of maybe mirrored some of the other addictions <laughs> that we're living in, you know, because it is, your, like you said, your own form of insanity, you know, and I think that's where the best photography kind of comes out of. You just have to be that, that obsessed, that obsessed with, with yeah. it. So it's, I think, doing my photographer's sketchbook, I think I've kind of like, realize that that's that's one of those key traits and i like cons like it's the fellow addicts you know <laughs> at some point you just become addicted to it and it's like well what else am i going to do you know yeah so how well i, I know and this is also something when i because i've i've been teaching for i don't know how many years on and off and i would never encourage anyone to become a photographer <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you have you yeah. have to be obsessive right and you have to you have if you have to do it okay go ahead right. but if you don't have to do it I, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do it right. it's was, it's uh, it's difficult it's not easy right. was shooting music a big part of your personal work or did that borderline with also like the commercial well, work? I got hired because of my personal work for the music work but, um, but were you also shooting like little music scene in New York before you know I wasn't photograph I, like I wouldn't you know I knew people there were people who go down to CBGB's photograph I, I photographed my friends who were doing performance um, and because of that I ended up in a lot of the clubs but I wasn't shooting the music scene as the music scene. I'd get that as part, you know, sometimes I'd get that as part of just what yeah. I was doing or I knew someone was playing. Um, when I was shooting the music, it was for record companies and, and it, was, it, was, it was for money, so. Yeah, <laughs> you shot the album of my generation, that's for sure. Dookie. Yeah. Oh, Dookie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, that was <laughs> Green Day, that was, that was fun. Those, those, those crazy the, stories. With that. First like pictures Asbury, of yours Asbury, I probably saw. Or, or Dookie. Asbury yeah, Park? Yeah, I did Dookie. Right. Was that down like by Asbury Park? or? No, we, I shot that on Rose. You know, I did a lot of that around Roseland. We shot some in, in um, Central Park. 
Roseland's closed now, right? There's no more Roseland. Um, it was a music venue in Midtown. Um, yeah, they were, they were at that point. That was because that was I think that was after um, Nirvana had signed. So like the record companies were kind of signing everybody, and they'd signed Green Day, and they didn't know what to do with them. And they're like, <laughs> "Oh, we'll get Ken to photograph them." <laughs> and um, <laughs> they were like, "Okay, so we'll do. We wanted to get some kind of live thing, so we'll get you know you can photograph them at Soundcheck." Um, over at Roseland before the show and just like, I don't know, do some stuff around New York. So um, at that point they were being driven around, like Trey Cool's dad used to, he was like the roadie and they, they had like this, this old, um, uh, you know, a book mobile, you know, people used to, yeah. and they kind of converted so they had like beds in it and, um, I mean, the funny thing was, because to me, you know, living where I had been and being in that whole thing, like these guys were presented to me. And this was already, you know, in the like mid 90s. And to me, they were like, oh, these punk rock (laughs) guys. And I was like, pop rock guy. I mean, it was it was to me, it was kind of. <laughs> it was fun. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, I like them, so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't want to rank on them, but um, it was. It was pretty funny, and yeah. I was like the. Fir- it was like, I think I was their first professional photo shoot they had ever done, um, and they were on tour with Bad uh, Bad Religion, oh, and yeah. Bad Religion was like, shit, they're getting all the press, and they were <laughs> pissed off at them, so they wouldn't let them do sound check. They wouldn't let them. They wouldn't let me come in and photograph them. They gave they, they gave them so much shit. It was it was crazy. It was wow. crazy, um, but it was fun. We got we got some good stuff. That's All right. awesome. All right, I think we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I, I know people are gonna want to know about working with Steidel, and we're gonna talk about uh, doing okay. the, the yeah, because I can talk about all sorts. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so let's just take a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. I'm just browsing through Nightwalk. Um, so tell me, tell us how exactly did did Steidl come about? I mean, because that's do you, do you go? Do you send do you send Steidl a letter or yeah? I mean, for, for years I I would. I mean, I yeah. always you know I mean Nightwalk is my fifth book, so mm-hmm. he's yeah, he's always he's on everyone's radar, I guess. Right. Um, he's just so busy. Mm-hmm. He you know even if he likes a project. He probably won't pick it up because he just doesn't have time for it. Right. So it's 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 a matter of does it fit in his program? Does he have time for it? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he's it it when he said he was going to do Invisible City, it was another three and a half years before we went to press. Oh wow! So it's not like oh yeah, I want to do your book. It you know it, it it's it's a it's a process. It's uh-huh. a process. And the way that it happened. And I've been wanting to do a reprint of Invisible City for a long time. Um, it's it, you know it's this book that was kind of never in print. It was always gone. Yeah. And then 
over the years, Jack Woody, you know, he would, yeah, he would say, oh, man, he like hot. He would never commit to actually doing it. And then finally, I was like, I, it was getting close. It was around the 23rd year anniversary mm-hmm. of it being published. I was like, I just needed to know. And I finally, you know, in my contract, it says if, because it was always kind of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And the contract said that um, if he, if the book is out of print and he will not reprint it, that the rights revert back to me. Oh, okay. So I sent him a certified letter and I was like, it's time to do this. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Didn't so I was, I started thinking, okay, where can I go? And then I have to say, you know, um, fortuitously out of the blue, luckily I had gotten, um, a communication from Howard Greenberg, okay. who I knew because, um, he was a huge fan of my, um, my third book, A New History of Photography. Uh-huh. And um, we'd been in touch on and off, and um, he just got in touch with me. He said that Gerhard comes to New York pretty, you know, fairly frequently, uh-huh. and he's really interested in some classic books, and I don't know that he's seen this book. I want to show it to him. Wow. So I said, okay. And we set up a time that, would, you know, I got the book up to Howard and Howard said he wants to, you know, wants, he looked at it just once. He's like, yeah. I want to print this book. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. um, and then it became, you know, how do we do that? Because yeah. there was, for me, the issue was there's photogravure doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. And a big part of the feel of Invisible City was the printing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, there's no more photographic presses anywhere in the world. And Gerhard said that he had um, developed this this way of printing, which the first book that he, I think was really successful for him to reproduce this photographer was uh, the Kudelka Gypsies book oh, right. that, that, he, okay. that, that he did. You know, Aperture released the book, but um, was it Aperture or Abrams? I'm not sure. But, he did the printing for that, and he, he developed this technique. He started working with um, the Munkin Paper Company, where they collect, together developed a, a paper that would accept this density of ink. Um, and he he's he's amazing. He 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 really kind of geeked out. He he was doing he was in touch with this guy who was doing his uh, his master's thesis on screen technology of early screen technology for reproducing photographs in the it was in the 19th century the, the, the paper was on and Gerhard was also accumulating photogravure books and looking at them to see how the screens uh-huh. were in those so what he did was he he developed a, a technique to because I, I was I was talking to I mean this is more recently when uh-huh. after the book was printing I was like like how have you been able to find this way to, 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 uh-huh. to print offset, you know, in this photographic way. And so, well, part of the problem is that, um, you know, everything has been standardized. Um, you know, Adobe makes the screens for everybody around the world, right. you know, the, the halftone screens. And he says, they're crap. They don't have uh-huh. this analog quality to them. In the, in the old days, people actually used to make handmade screens uh-huh. and these giant copy cameras. Uh-huh. Um, and there was this kind of organic quality to them. Um, 
So he, he investigated the paper, he investigated just the, the way that screens are made, mm -hmm. um, and he developed a, a way of, of printing, which I don't, nobody I know <laughs> in the world, and I know, I know I've been involved in the photo book world for 30 right. years, I mean, nobody will print this way. Right. Um, it's, you know, he's doing, a, a, it's a five plate process, it's a quadratone process with another, with another uh, plate for varnish. Um, and it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. So are you, how did you, you work, are you working from the negatives directly or is this all, I mean, are you, is there scanning yeah, involved? Originally, originally Gerhard wanted to work from the original prints that I did oh, Invisible okay. City from. Okay. And um, I was never super keen on those. I mean, Jack Woody, when I initially sent him the book dummy, I, I okay, when I, the first book dummy I did was, you know, it was in the, like around 87, I was working on it. And um, I was taking it around and every time I'd show the book to people, I was, you know, I, you know, you sort of hover over their shoulder, you yeah. get, and I was getting the sense that I needed to tighten it up, tighten it up. Um, plus it was a first book, no one was gonna print some big coffee table book. <laughs> right, right. Um, someone who's like in their mid twenties. Yeah. And I just, you know, eventually just kind of threw that whole book dummy away and eventually made this, you know, just because I had no money also, I just like took Xeroxes and I made a book dummy with that. And I sent it to Jack Woody along with prints from that original dummy, which were kind of rough. So, I mean, they weren't like, but he liked, he liked, I think he really responded to the fact that this dummy that I made was so raw, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, and gritty, and it really fit it the work. It fit the work, yeah. It fit the work really well. And um, he was like, no, 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 let's not, you know, get nice, you know, these prints are good. Let's just, we'll go with those. And then, you know, and, and I understand why he did that, and I appreciate the way that book came out, but there's still some things about it that I was like, you know, like the cover, the cover image um, of Invisible City. I mean, back then in the neighborhood, people would torch buildings for, you know, in the summertime, there was, there was nothing to do. This was before the internet. <laughs> and there was like nothing going on. And, and people, you know, or some junkie would shoot up and mm -hmm. keel over and, and set fire to some place. But the buildings were burning left and right. And the cover of Invisible City has got this gorgeous, amazing tenement fire and yeah it's really kind of great that it's all blown out but i kind of like the oh, fact yeah, yeah. Mm, you know yeah. there's a lot more detail a lot more detail yeah yeah wait a minute this is the original this is how much is this thing worth how much you want to pay <laughs> I pull it up on Amazon. i was like you got some of these hanging around this is uh send your kid to college huh well that's what they're for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah, you could definitely tell. I mean, so it's so there's very like technical stuff where you wanted just in the overall tone. Yeah, and, and also you know, to, photo yeah. reviewer I think is very forgiving when mm -hmm. things are blown out or lost in in, in the shadow. Mm -hmm. And contemporary printing technology, you see everything. Uh -huh. um, and I thought, okay, it worked for that. And even though the printing I feel is it's lush like photo reviewer, it mm -hmm. still I think has um, the detail of contemporary print. It's, it's a contemporary printing technology, yeah. mm -hmm. even though it has the sensuality of a photo reviewer. And I thought, you know, if it's gonna be blown out and let's see if we can. So Gerhard, I mean, he was, he, in fact, he had already made a set of scans from the original prints because mm. 
communication is, was not superb, and, and he ended up with a set of with the original set of prints for a long time, and they kind of you know, and he scanned them. Oh. But in that in in this other space of time, I I had also had scanned all the negatives, okay. and I went back and tweaked everything, and really really made it to exactly the way that I wanted. You're a Photoshop master too, huh? Only self-taught. Only self, yeah. yeah. So, how, now how does, okay, we, we're, he's gonna redo Invisible City and that's awesome. But how, where does the second book come out? Because I literally, what I love, how the second book, and this is one thing we talk about, is like going back into the archives. Yeah. And you go back into the archives when did you? Yeah, I'm an well, old man now, so it's it, like I'm not like the kid, you know, right. in the abandoned building, you know, printing, making right. this. This. But off, when did you? Know, you when did you? You're in. The, you're looking. You're like, wait a minute. There, there's something else here. Or did you already always know that? Like, hey, I got more material well, no, here. Or no, I, like, you know, when I did that book, it took mm -hmm. me so long to get it down uh -huh. to this like gem of a little teeny thing. Right. I mean, back then, also nobody would make such small books. Like uh -huh. it was unheard of. Uh -huh. And it, it 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 was it took me over a year to like get it to this point. I mean, I edited and edited and sequenced, and it was hard for me to do it. So I didn't want to like come back to it. Mm -hmm. And for years, I never came back to it because this was the way I wanted people to see it. Right. Around the time that that um, that Gerhard said that he wanted to do it, there were these other things that started popping up. Mm -hmm. um, there was. Uh, um, out, out, uh, Harper, Harper Levine, out on Long Island. Um, he shows, he, he goes, every year he goes to Perry Photo and he approached me and he said he wanted me to do something with Invisible City. Uh -huh. um, and so I had like everything dragged out for Gerhard and, and, and I had this box of like the old Xeroxes because I have like some Xeroxes yeah. I never used. And I opened it up and I was like, oh yeah, look at this picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he's like, put something together for me. Uh -huh. And I was like, huh. And then also around that time, um, uh, Matt, Matt Johnston in, in England, he started this thing called the Photo Book Club. Yeah, yeah. But this was, you know, he had just started it back then. He'd gone through a bunch of books and um, somehow we, we, you know, we, we hooked up at one point and he was like, you know, he wanted to do, do my book as part of this like crowdsourced study. Yeah, so I started yeah. going through all the, and, and also all the other books he'd done, he'd never really worked directly with the photographers. He always worked with, just people who, are, who love the books and could bring something to it, like, oh yeah, I like this picture because, and this is what it does. But you know, with me, it was like, oh, hey, let's get into this dialogue, and yeah. we could do that, and include like this online presence um, of, of people contributing. And so it really kind of brought up a lot of things. Um, and then also, the, the, also the, right around the same time, Jason Eskenazi said, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm starting these festivals in Turkey. Uh -huh. um, I'm doing this festival in, in Bursa. I want to show Invisible City, and I hadn't shown that work. I think it had been like yeah, since like the mid 1990s mm -hmm. in LA. Mm -hmm. So that was like around '96. So it had been like you know 15 years since yeah, I had yeah. shown the work, um, or longer. And 16 years, 17 years. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, all these different kind of outside stimuli saying, you know, look at this work, look at this yeah. work, talk about this work. Um, and I started piecing it together. I mean, first the big one was 
was this thing for Harper and, and Parry Photo. And I put together this dummy. Right, right. And I called it Nightwalk. And, there, and, and while I was going through the work, because in, in Invisible City, the, at that point, I was not comfortable with my own writing. Uh-huh. And I wanted to have some text, uh-huh. and I used uh, quotes. And I had done a lot of research on the, the different quotes that are in the book. Mm-hmm. One of the pieces that I never put into the book was there was a poem that Octavio Paz, the, the Mexican poet, had written um, called Nightwalk. Uh-huh. And I hadn't read that in, in you know, it was like 25 years. Uh-huh. And I was like, it, it's, you know, it... It just like hit you. It, it hit like, me. It was That's like, it. this is kind of, you know, I like I liked the conceit of that. Yeah, because, yeah. And so I started putting together this thing that I called Nightwalk, um, made just with outtakes right. from the original book. And, you know, we showed that at Perry Photo. And, I, and in the end, I wasn't happy with it. I was like, you know what? I'm trying to make another Invisible City. Right. And I already have Invisible City. Uh-huh. And I'm reprinting Invisible City. <laughs> I don't need another Invisible City. Yeah. But I was thinking, oh, you know, be, I always like, you know, I love books and it'd be kind of cool to do like a little, let's do a special edition with maybe like a little extra few pictures. Yeah, yeah. I started playing with it a little bit. Um, so it was, it had this very organic, and then also Gerhard. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll print your book. It takes fucking forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, you know, I had, there was a lot of time. And yeah. it, was a lot, it was just great because... I think other people, it may, you know, and if it was a different situation, it was a new book that I wanted to get out there. This was a reprint. It was kind of great that I had all this time to, to like tweak all the scans uh-huh. and start investigating this, this other piece of it right. and maybe think, oh, what can I do with it? Um, also around this time, um, I mean, both my parents were sick with Alzheimer's and my, my last book, uh, Oculus, I actually talk about that mm-hmm. in, uh, in that book. And... They'd been getting very sick, and they both died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had all this work from those those years right. around me. And um, I, had, you know, again I, at that point, I had upstairs. <laughs> I, I had the wall was just yeah. covered with all these pictures, and I just started obsessing. Uh-huh. It's the photographer's obsession. Yeah. I started obsessing about these pictures and I started thinking about a lot of people I know from back then are, you know, they died mm-hmm. for various reasons. Um, you know, people died from, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people were dying from, from AIDS back then. Right. I mean, it was, it was like the ground central for the AIDS ec- epidemic also when right. I did Invisible City. Um, so I started thinking about, and then I started thinking about actually there was one person in particular this guy named Craig Coleman, who was a, a sculptor painter, and he just had this like laugh, and this he was very flamboyant, <laughs> funny, great personality, uh-huh. typical like East Village guy. Um, and I just started thinking about him, and you know, he's in Invisible City, but I've got all these other great pictures, right. of, and and just I started hearing like his voice. Oh, that's awesome! Like I started that's remembering, amazing. and I just I just so you went started, back. It's sort of, it's sort of yeah. falling. Together, yeah, you, I became. It's just like you went back. Yeah. It was like, and that's like photos have that ability. I mean, like they just they do. They bring you back there. So do you, but do you think Nightwalk is is it a sequel or is this a? They're like twins. I mean, how do you, 
you can I see, see them, them as twins. I mean, twins, yeah. one I did, and it's funny because, you know, I was in my mid-20s when I did Invisible City. Uh-huh. And now I'm in my mid-50s. Uh-huh. And I feel like, you know, I'm not an old man now. I know, <laughs> luckily, I'm, I, you know. But I feel like I'm at very different places in my life. Sure. And for me to put books together mm-hmm. and have them, you know, like I feel like Nightwalk is, it's not only about that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pictures are from that time. Right. But it's also about me looking back. Uh-huh. And I thought also, I was surprised the way that the book, I mean, to me, the book, it has a very linear progression yeah, to yeah, it. I mean, yeah. it's a night walk. It is, yeah. you're going out and going through an experience. Right. Um, and I wanted the narrative to, you know, of the book to work that way. But I was surprised that it ended the way it did. I mean, there's something kind of uplifting about this book, which I'm still... <laughs> surprised yeah. that it it did this thing i guess you know i think about you know like a novelist writing a novel and them being surprised by this ending which yeah. they had no idea yeah. was going to be there when they when they started and for me like nightwalk really was that like i i put this together for all these reasons this point in my life this time in my life these events in my life um i hadn't looked at that work in you know 20 years plus and and then, and then I was surprised by you know where it led me. It was, I don't know, it was kind of. It's cool. such a great, yeah. It's such a. I think it's an amazing lesson for a young photographer is that you know the the work is it's always it's always alive and growing, right? It's not, you know, that the archive is is there and it's a piece of you and it's alive and it's never dead and you can always kind of, you know, go back and be there. You know, I, I just think it's because a lot of times people. I don't know if I. I I'm just. Gonna, I don't know if I agree with that because. Yeah. I think it's what we bring to it that makes it alive. And it's I never I the same whenever you approach it either. Yeah. Because it, you're coming to it with a different line. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and that's the unique thing about it. And it's, it's like, you know, what they say about memory. It's, you know, you never have the same memory right. Right. over again. It's, it's different every time you remember it. Uh-huh. You're kind of corrupting it when you remember it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they say the best memories are the ones you never have because <laughs> every time you mem- yeah, you right. corrupt it and you change it. Right. So, so do, at what point did you fly out to Germany? Um, the first time I flew out was in, in May. Uh-huh. Um, and I, was, I, was, I had a show. I, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm laughing, and you didn't say anything funny. I'm just thinking about the, the first time I even met Gerhard personally was was this year. So this is something, you know, we've been talking for three and a half, four oh, years. Wow. You know, it was four years ago. And we had never met. And we also, he doesn't communicate that well. Um, I mean, I understand. I, I understand now. Now that I've worked with him, I understand where he's coming from <laughs> and what he's contending with and what he's trying to do. So I respect the methodology that he's uh-huh. chosen. It's not easy on the photographers, uh-huh. um, but I respect what he's doing for, you know, and, and the results that he's getting. Uh-huh. I met him for the first time. I was up at Howard Greenberg. Um, I'm doing a show there. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. we should talk yeah, about that. Talk about, yeah, yeah. Um, it's opening January 29th, January 29th, and it's running through March 15th. Um, and this is when I was also, this was not a foregone conclusion that I was doing an exhibit with them or that they were representing me, but I was getting to know the gallery um, 
because the more that I would interact with them, the more Howard came to realize that he was really falling in love with the work right, and right. was getting very excited by it. Right. And he wanted me to meet the other gallery uh -huh. people because um, it's, it's a real team effort over there. Uh -huh. And so I, was, I just happened to be going there to like show my work um, and introduce myself to the other, you know, the other people at the gallery and, and show them the work. And I go up there and, and Harry goes, you won't, you won't believe this. I, we couldn't have planned <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. You won't believe this. You know who's coming here? Yeah. And I didn't, he goes, I didn't even know this until, you know, today. Gerhard's coming here. Wow. So, you know, and I was like, oh, great. So I, I met him, it, you know, it was, it was probably like, you know, six, eight months ago. Uh -huh. Um, for the first time, um, and I got to show him the the, the book trailers, uh -huh, uh -huh. which he lo Gerhard loved them. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, we put this on the website." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was really excited about it. Um, and I know it was it was like a great thing. And he's like, he had known that I was because I was sh doing a show in Berlin um, at the end of May, and he's like, "You're coming to Berlin." Okay, this is a good time to come to Göttingen, and we will we'll work on the layouts. We'll finalize everything. We'll order, you know, we'll we'll, we'll figure out you know, exactly what paper, everything, uh -huh. and we'll order the supplies. And a month later, you come and we print the book. Uh -huh. It's like great. Uh -huh. so, um, so yeah, so the first time I met him was 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 May. So was it when you was it pretty smooth sailing with printing the book and doing that? I mean, or was it kind of because don't doesn't don't you like where is it? They said you they put you up in like you actually live in the where they print the book, right? You're there. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful place. It's like you know, to me, it was like you're in a photo book retreat. <laughs> right. You're going to this place. It's the only thing that it's there for is to make photo books. Uh -huh. He owns the building next to the printing plant. Um, it's a 19th century row house. Uh -huh. um, and he's converted it so that it's, uh, it's all apartments and you share a bathroom. And whoever is printing uh -huh. with Gerhard you sh you know you're there, yeah. and it's like this this you meet other great. So who was artists. there when you were there? Yeah. Who was there um, when you were there? Let's see. I mean, uh, um, Apollodari was there. Okay. Jim Dime was there. That was the first trip. Um, the second trip, um, uh, 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 Walter. Oh damn! I'm like forgetting his name. It's bad. I shouldn't, I shouldn't <laughs> forget his name. Um, he, he the the. Yeah, the Walters collection. You know, they he he specializes in. Um, okay, well, we'll, 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 put get, we'll, we'll put it up. We'll put it up on the Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. put it up on the Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah, but he was, he was um, doing. Uh, uh, was it Ponte City? Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, oh, Michael, Sabats, right? Yeah, but he works with them. Oh, okay. Okay. Am I, okay. I'm, I'm, Arthur Walter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Walter Walter. Walter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, so he was there the second time I was there. But and then also they, I don't know. It's a great, it's a great place. Yeah. There's, there's we can, you, we could probably fill up an entire episode. We just could. talking about Silo. Yeah. But I want to. So you had a nice feature in, um, the New York Times, and I just I thought there was just this killer quote that I think is a good way that to kind of wrap it up. And I just kind of want to. We finished already. Oh yeah. It's. I mean, we could. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to come back part and do two. do part two again. I mean, there's you got you got a plenty of. Uh, 
stuff to fill for a podcast. But I'm going to read the quote right now. Okay, I don't pine for the days when I drive down the Bowery and have to lock the doors or having to step over the junkies or finding the door bashed in because heroin dealers decided they wanted to set up a shooting gallery, he said. A lot of dysfunction has been romanticized. And I just think that's such a beautiful way. So do you think that you romanticize, do you think these books are romanticizing that dysfunction? You know, for me, they're a process. For me, you know, like I said, as a photographer, my obsessive being had to make these things. It's funny that you ask that question because I've had people come to me and tell me that they moved to the East Village because of my books. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've had people following me around, <laughs> wow. you know, to show me a photograph that they took that looks like one of my photographs uh-huh. because they were in a place where that photograph was taken. Uh-huh. It's, I think it's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So am I romanticizing it? I feel that, I feel like I'm not. But that's the problem with photography, isn't it? It's the image. And the image is not reality. Um, I feel like I'm working with the image. But I don't feel like I'm romanticizing it, that period. Awesome. Well, this was, this was amazing, Ken. I mean, these congratulations. And we're, I will definitely going to, I'm going to make it up to Howard Green. I love, it's a great gallery. So hopefully it's a big night for you. And again, this is, I mean, this is uh, both books. I got them coming and I can't wait to have them on my shelf Let's to pull that out. Boat, that boat gets yeah. here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's getting tight. Book trailers are great. Trailer. We'll, well, we'll we'll have to come back again and cuz you have, you know, I don't Yeah, link to the book trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we will. And you we'll got you got you got plenty of other stuff we can talk about too. But really thanks. Thanks thank man. You. For no, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's fun. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info@lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at @lpvshow.